welcome to another episode of The Secret Origins of Mint Condition. I am James, and with me is Joe. Good day, folks. And Chris. Hi there. And we're very excited to introduce our, our guest for today. Uh, I will just say this about our guest. He is a Mint Condition, as many people who have come to it. But our guest today was somebody that if you said he was in the store a moment ago and you missed him, people would be like, oh, I can't believe I missed him. So <laughs> I, am, I am happy to introduce a man who at one time knew more about Hawkman than Carter Hall himself, Jack Adrian. Right, Jack. Yeah, Jack. Thank you. Thank you, James. Uh, this is uh, such a pleasure for me. Uh, I am, you know, long, you know, long time, first time. Uh, you know, I'm a true fan of the podcast and obviously I'm a true fan of uh, each and every one of you. So thank you. I'm very excited. Uh, we're, we're very happy to have you today, all of us, and, um, and all the listeners, I'm sure, are happy to have you here today as well. So you've listened to the show, so this is your Secret Origin Issue 1 episode, where we uh, dive into your past. Um, so like we start off all of our uh, guests introducing to the, to the listener, what is, uh, what is, where do you start with pop culture? What, what is the thing in your life you can remember that said, I, want, I like this, and I, I, I enjoy this medium, and I want to go deeper into it? No, that, that's a great question. Um, so uh, I guess for me, I'm not exactly sure if it began with comic books or if it began with Star Trek. Uh, I'm often said that Star Trek is the gateway drug to uh, pop culture. Uh, it's easily accessible. It's everywhere. I think uh, it's become part of our day-to-day lives. It's just people and you know technology, but you know catchphrases and everyone's familiar with it. But I do remember early on when I was very young, um, my brother and I had an uncle who would buy us comic books and the comic book I would always get was the Legion of Superheroes. And so Uh, for many years, uh, this is the, uh, you know, uh, Paul Levitt's Keith Giffen run. Uh, And and so it was just an extraordinary time to read comic books. And uh, in many ways, it just kind of shaped my appreciation for comics. And once you start there, it's easy to kind of jump on. Uh, for most of my life, and even now, I tended uh, and do still tend to be more of a DC guy than than a Marvel guy. But I mean, I have both. Uh, the most valuable comic I own is is the first appearance of Deadpool. So, I mean, oh, that's so much fun! Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the thing is, it, I, I own it not because of Deadpool. I own it because I was buying the New Mutants, and it was just happenstance that. Deadpool was in there because you know Rob Liefeld created him. So, um, but uh, so so yeah, I would I would definitely say Star Trek and uh, the Legion of Superheroes is what got me into kind of pop culture. Now, once you did you only read Legion of Superheroes and watch Star Trek, or did that evolve you into like everything else of the time? So I think uh, once I started with Legion, then you kind of find out that there are comic books just out there and in tons of other characters. I mean, obviously, I think uh, I've always known who Superman was. I've always known with the show Batman, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of touchstones. Uh, and so I knew who they were. I, on some level, never really collected their comics. I think maybe uh, Man of Steel I started to collect then, uh, but that was much later on. Uh, so um, I think other than Legion, uh, my character that I think I identified with the most um, was... Um, the Green Lantern. Uh, I really appreciate the character um, just because, I mean, you know, Hal Jordan, Man Without Fear. I mean, there was just something so uh, powerful in that idea. And then the second thing, too, is he was a regular person, but he had this powerful ring, but he always did the right thing with it, you know, until later mm-hmm. on where they changed the character. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Paralyzed. So your Hal, your Hal Jordan was, I guess, the, was he still, was he non-white haired or was he the white haired Hal Jordan? Uh, I started when uh, he didn't have the, uh, the, 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 the white 
hair. Um, uh, and then over time, you know, obviously they, they changed the character. Um, but he was really, I think, the character I, I loved the most. But I mean, I think through the years, I just kind of shifted and moved from one character to the next. Uh, I was a huge Flash fan uh, for many years, particularly the Wally West run. Um, nice. That was, uh, I think, for me, just phenomenal. And, and, and so for many years, I collected that uh, and, you know, uh, all of the issues that came from there. So I, I became a huge Impulse fan uh, from there as well. Um, but Again, you know, thinking back, you know, uh, I was trying to figure out, like, you know, when we were growing up, and I think, Joe, you you would kind of maybe relate to this, I think, better than, uh, you know, some of the younger hosts. But, you know, we didn't have as much content uh, as you guys did. And so, um, you know, I was telling my youngest son, um, you know, we watched the old uh, Spider-Man cartoon, the original, you know, like, you know, with the yeah, song yeah. comes from. And, and, and he was like, wow, this is pretty bad. I was just like, we loved it because we didn't have much to choose. Yeah, from. Else, exactly. Um, but the Super Friends was a huge influence. Uh, I thought that that was great. Um, you know, again, DC every Saturday morning. I thought that was really just kind of like a, a wonderful just exposure to everything. And so, um, again, I, I pretty much loved my DC comics and uh, I just loved anything that was related to science fiction, fantasy, uh, superheroes. Uh, I just got into everything. So can I ask quickly, Jack, because I'm always curious because the Legion of Superheroes, it's, it's so interesting to me because somehow despite despite how much they bring to the table, they always feel like a bit of a, a like a niche fan base. And so I'm kind of curious, what was it about Legion that that made you think that this was something you really wanted to be involved in? What, what made you such a fan of Legion? So for me, I thought about that. Um, there, there were like three aspects of the Legion that I thought was just pretty amazing. The first thing is it happened in the future. Um, and so I thought it was incredible. How can people living today write about stories a thousand years from now? And yet they made it seem futuristic. They made it seem interesting. They made it seem fun. Um, the second thing that I really liked about the Legion, um, which ties into the third, but the second thing is, um, you know, they each had one power. And, and so that's the thing that I think was most extraordinary about them is you have all of these diverse characters from different planets uh, and their contribution to the team is they can do one thing, um, but they did it really well. And that was the third thing is they essentially were the best people from their planets who had this one ability. So for Satin Girl, she was considered the best telepath, um, you know, for, for Chameleon Boy. Uh, he was the best, um, you know, kind of uh, shapeshifter. And so I think for me, you know, growing up uh, in New York, African-American uh, or Haitian-American, technically, I'm first generation, it was really good to kind of see that diversity. You have all of these people from all across the galaxy working together. They do one thing really well, and they were always able to pull it together for, for a victory. And, and there's just something so inspiring about that that never left me. That's great, Jack. And I, I'd like to add to that, because I agree with all those points. For me, growing up in the 60s, if you're a kid of 10, all of a sudden you have these teenage superheroes. I think we discussed this maybe on a previous episode, but wow, cool teenagers, unlike my brother and his friends used to beat the crap out of us all the time. Right. So, you know, these these are neat, these teenagers are actually, they're doing the work of adults and they're doing it a lot better too. So uh, I always admired them. I always looked up to them. So that's what, that's what really hooked me um, with the Legion, that they were, they were really cool teenagers. And how, how long did you stick with that book, Jack, with Legion? Well, you know, I, I would probably, one would probably argue I stuck with it too long. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I think we've all been guilty of that at some point or another. Oh, yeah. the book. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I would go in and out. I mean, um, they've had like at this point, perhaps six, seven, eight reboots uh, at this particular time. In fact, um, Funny story with Legion of Supers. When I was uh, in seventh grade, uh, I had the Great Darkness Saga, and, and I was wow. reading it. Um, I went to a uh, Catholic school my entire life, so I was reading it, uh, I think, uh, after school, and, and some stranger who was a classmate who I didn't know comes over to me and says, hey, is that the Great Darkness Saga? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, man, that's just so awesome, isn't it? I'm like, Yeah. Never spoke to him ever again. Uh, a year later, uh, as fate would have it, we would be placed, you know, they had the, the joint desks that you had. Uh, and, and so we would be sitting next to each other for eighth grade. Uh, and ironically, that became my oldest friend, Pete. Um, and uh, he and I have been friends ever since. Um, and so it's interesting. Comic books brought us together. It, it, it helped me find like my, my, my oldest and dearest friend. Um, and it's just amazing that that kind of connectivity that that you can kind of find and share this this great uh, love for something and it just builds uh, and, and, and then, you know, you can look back. And, and so, you know, Legion of Superheroes, uh, you know, got me Pete and, and then James and, you know, I'm a fan of the show just to hear about Mint Condition, all of the friends and even family that, that I've gotten from Mint Condition. It's, it's just extraordinary. I mean, it's, it's hard to explain to people just what that means. No, I mean, as we, as we've said many times in the show, Mint Condition was a meeting place for, for all of us. I mean, all of us on this, in this podcast and, obviously everyone else who's listening to this, like it's so many bonds and connections we forged through that store and through this collective enjoyment of this medium that it's, it's, it is, it's hard to like put into words, like what comic books and pop culture like has done for, for my life. And I guess everyone else here, here's life. Um, I, when you're getting comic books, like just to go back to it, were you getting your comics from a comic book store at the time or where were, where were you getting your comic books that you were had? So, I mean, Joe, you'll remember this, um, you know, they, they, I, there were there was the days, you know, when you could buy comics off the rack. And, and yes. so, um, you know, you would go to, uh, you know, a grocery store, a pharmacy, a bodega even, um, you know, you would just buy comic books off the rack. The first comic book store that I actually went to on a regular basis was a store called The Incredible Pulp. Uh, and it, it, it was in Baldwin, Long Island. And and uh, it was actually my 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 friend Pete who had found it. Uh, he knew the uh, the owner there, Larry. Uh, and so um, I would later, for some odd reason, work in Baldwin, Long Island uh, at the Pathmark that was there. It's not a Pathmark anymore. Um, but you know, I would frequent that store and and you know just hang out. And and, and so that became the first store where I had I had pull box, you know, pull list and and you know boxes and and. Uh, you know, backing boards and, and mylar bags. And I mean, that's when I became a true collector. Before then, I was just kind of buying them for the love. Uh, but then I, at that point, once you had a place where you knew you could go and you could always get them, uh, that's when you kind of uh, established, you know, well, I want this book, I, want, I like this writer, I like this artist. Uh, and then it just became kind of a, a regular thing. So um, that's when I really think I really got into comic books in a serious way. So that was your first comic book store. So I guess that this is a now opposed the question, like, how did you come across Mint Condition? Mint Condition. So uh, it still turns out, you know, uh, The Incredible Pope closed, uh, you know, sadly, as comic book stores do. Um, and uh, at some point I, I had worked uh, at the um, kind of uh, the... The, the, the kind of a business park uh, in Port Washington. Uh, and so the one right next to Bar Beach. Uh, and so I had started there in like June 1995. And then I had a, a colleague uh, who also worked there, but she is, you know, 
from Port and still there now. Uh, and so I'd asked her, it's like, hey, do you know of any comic book stores in the area? And so she took me to one uh, that was near the Pathmark. I don't know if that's still a Pathmark uh, in Port, but it, um, that comic book store shut down really quickly. And so I said, do you, have, do you know of another one? And she said, well, there's one on Port Boulevard that, that I know. And you know, they've got comic books and they seem really nice. And so uh, I, I went there and it must have been maybe, I'm guessing, towards the end of 95 or early 96. Um, and, you know, I, I wanted to go and I just wanted to just have these business transactions. That's like, yes, thank you very much. Uh, do you do you know, sir, when you may be getting in the latest issue of The New Mutants? Um, but, you know, Rich owned the store at the time and was so friendly, so just engaging that, I mean, you just can't help but just kind of like fall in love with the store and, and everybody in it and everybody who's, you know, related to anyone who's related to the store. Exactly. Oh, that's interesting. So I, I didn't realize that this is, so you, you didn't, the gross error was not your error. You were, you started with Richie. Yeah. It, it, in fact, everyone referred to the grocers and I, and I had no idea who they were and everyone speaks, speaks even today so highly of them. And I completely passed that entire period. All right. So this is, so now we, so when did you like start, you know, um, I guess hanging out and met more regularly. Cause you were part of like, before, like I was a member, like before I, well not a member, I was, I came to the store, but before I was an employee and I, and I guess a closer friend of, of Richie and everyone else there, <clears throat> you were already friends of everybody. Cause you, you hung out with Richie, Steve, Dennis, Ray, right? Were those that, the, that was that's the group? Correct. Yep. So, so how long after you like started going to mint, did you like start going to movies and hanging out outside of the store? It must have been, I would say, maybe two months uh, afterwards. Um, so uh, again, once I started to become a regular and I would come in on a weekly basis, add my pull list, um, you know, and I would uh, talk to, to Richie and, and everyone from time to time, uh, they had the movie nights that, you know, they said, hey, listen, we do a movie night. Um, would you like to come and join us? And my, I was you know, a little hesitant at first. My, my first thought is, hey, you know, I'm going to lose a kidney and find myself in the bathtub of ice. Um, but you know, over time, you know, I said, yeah, sure. Why not? I think that'd be fun. And, um, you know, it just, again, mint becomes family, uh, whether you recognize it or whether you see it. And then I, I met, you know, all of you, I mean, and at different points and different times. And, and, and so for me, it's just such a wonderful experience to something that started off as a hobby just has grown and evolved into something that has just become like, you know, part of like my life now today uh, in not only the, my interests, but what I pass on to my own kids, uh, but like the people who, who still know everyone. I mean, so like, you know, uh, I was mentioned talking to you earlier, James, uh, where, you know, we were just in New York over the summer and, you know, everyone knows my, my family now. And, and so it's just, it's an amazing thing that something like that can actually happen. No, it is amazing. And, and you like, you well i'll put it this way going to the history like of, of the amazing connections and stuff like that um when did you leave for the peace corps because like i i started working at mint i guess the time you were not around and and i would hear like oh you gotta meet jack jack you know jack i, I had the like, same i had the same experience yeah yeah like the the jack was spoken of in myth and legend like yes yes, yes he was yes, know, yes. like it was jack the legendary adventures um so, so uh, I, I guess, when did you leave for the Peace Corps? And I, 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 according to my memory, and again, it could be wrong, I, I think I met, we met obviously when you got back from the Peace Corps and started hanging out pretty pretty quickly after that. That's that's correct. So I left for the Peace Corps in uh, September 1998. 
Um, and so I was, I was gone for, for two years. Um, but even during the two years, um, Rich and the family would send me care packages with comic books. Um, and Mike and Ike's huge fan of Mike and Ike candies. Um, and, and, and so, um, you know, we stayed connected. And I came back uh, in, I think, either January or February of 2001. Um, and, you know, uh, obviously I came back and first thing, people always tell you when they come back from the preschool, you don't have a job. Um, and so I had like a lot of time. And, and so I started coming back to the store. Um, and, and then, you know, I really quickly met you, James, uh, shortly after that. And I think one of the first times we spent is, uh, might've been when, uh, I want to say we were watching, um, what is the movie? Uh, Office Space. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, that's a good memory, Jack. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Memory. I think that was the first time uh, outside of the store we all kind of hung out and then you and I just kind of clicked. We did. I mean, I remember there was a little joking, like I, cause I, I started going out to the movie nights and you were like, you guys replaced me with him. <laughs> <laughs> I was the reserve Avenger who came in for Jack and uh, <laughs> um yeah, I think Office Space. And then we started, I mean, you came to the store and I remember I, we talked and then yes, Office Space. And then I think we just started hanging out from there because yeah. you were you were local at that time. Yes, you were, yes. Yeah. And, and um, I'd, like, I'd like to say, and I'm going to give James a shout out here. James is, when I went to law school, James is uh, the only person, not that I'm throwing any shade on anyone else, but the only person to come visit me in Colorado and he sat in on one of my law classes and, and that was like awesome. It was. It was awesome. It was good. It was good to see your your whole setup and your campus and everything, and I and your apartment. And you still you had your Wally West Flash statue right in the center of I your. Did I did I still have that statue? That the classic like riding on a water wave, right? I think yes. he's riding. Excellent. He's water. Games. Very good. Yeah, I remember that very prominently. Um, so that's well, that's a small piece of our origin. Let's let's broaden it out to the other host. When did you meet uh, Joe? So Joe, I remember uh, Joe would come to the store and Joe and I have, we didn't know it at the time, but we have this connection where both he and I are, are Barnes and Noble alum. So uh, mm-hmm. he had worked for Barnes and Noble, I worked for Barnes and Noble, uh, and we knew people in common uh, from, from, from the Barnes and Noble community. And so uh, we would just trade war stories uh, of, of like, you know, <laughs> working in the book industry and, and just how, uh, you know, uh, ratty i'll say this college students could be um and um and so that was a, a real connection and then uh, I, I definitely feel that joe and i also really connected with um you know superman huge love of superman um you know at the time the character was going through so many different changes i think they were trying to find something that would stick um and and, and so we would uh, often talk about like you know the, the classic superman from the show um and just the various iterations uh and, and so that that for us was apart from the barnes and noble connection, a, a huge kind of uh, tether that, that kind of kept us kind of like engaged with, you know, where comics were and where they were going. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I was going to say, Joe, is that what your memory is? It's a... Yes. What, what, what were some of the people uh, uh, that we knew again? That had, Karen Jackson, we know. Right. Uh, and her husband, uh, um, I forget his name. Um, and Gemma Barato, I think. Um, right. Gemma. Oh, Gemma. Wow. 
Since they've had Roman years. Yes, right. yes, 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 exactly. Oh, okay. um, and, and, and so, and, and there were a few others, um, yeah. you know, some of whom I've forgotten intentionally. Um, but, but, um, <laughs> as I have. <laughs> exactly. Well, you, having worked at Barnes & Noble, uh, as, you know, as well as I have, you know that people just kind of hung around uh, for, for a long time. Uh, yes. So, so yeah. um, it was easy to kind of uh, trace back some of those connections. Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, well, I worked for them on and off uh, since 1976. I had the, took a break for eight years when I had, when I had Mint, and then I went back and I worked for them from 2012 until uh, last uh, August of last year when I retired. So long, long history with Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then Chris, how did you and Chris meet? So Chris, um, so when I would come to the store now, uh, Chris, his primary interest was, was you know, the, the card games. Uh, and I was never a card game guy. I mean, I, I tried, and and I do remember several times Chris offered to teach me how to play Pokemon, which now, having a son of my own, I wish I, wish I would have taken you up on it, because my son asked me all the time, Daddy, when are you going to teach me how to play Pokemon? I was like, when I, when I know, you'll know. Um, <laughs> but I also remember I would come in on some weekends when, when Chris was working, he was the only one in the store, and we would just chat. Uh, and just really kind of catch up on just various different things. Uh, and, and, and so that was just kind of uh, the relationship outside of him being, you know, the, the, the Pokemon game guy and, and, and me just kind of being like kind of like the fixture at the store. Yeah, it was it was see, it's funny because I I, I do. I, I didn't even remember offering to teach you Pokemon, but I could totally be like I could see myself being excited about that because like James said, you were you were very much like a legend of the store. So like finally getting to meet you was like a big deal. And then the fact that you would come in and, and hang out with me, like you said, sometimes I was, I was the only one there um, always made me feel like a little puffed up and like, <laughs> like Jack is willing to hang out here with me. That's, that's super cool. He's not, it's not like a group thing. Like he's here talking to me. Um, so I could totally see myself being like, Oh, be, be cool. Be cool. And then realizing like, Oh, this, this is a thing I can teach Jack. Like, yeah, Jack, you want to learn? So I could, I could totally see, see myself doing that because um you were always just really laid back uh you read a lot of books that that even one that even when I did start reading you read a lot of books that I didn't um so but it, it's it's funny because I can appreciate you saying I really just wanted to come in have it be a business transaction I, I think about that a lot lately as as I meet new people and I'm like yeah I'm I'm good on friends like I'm good on friends and family I have enough people in my life that I don't get to see why would I want more people in my life. I'm not saying that's necessarily where you were coming from, but it's, but it's where I sometimes come from of like just wanting a basic interaction because I don't, I don't necessarily need more in my life. And then uh, it's, it's just, it's funny for me to learn that about you because um, you were, you were just always so warm and so friendly and, um, and always had a smile. Uh, I, I, that's how I always remember you is just always being like friendly and, and chatting with, with everyone. So, um, so yeah, for me, I remember it being a big deal feeling like, you know, you made time to, to talk with me. So um, it was always nice seeing you in the store. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Feelings mutual. Uh, I mean, there are definitely a lot of times when I'd go in. And, and I mean, to your point, it's the thing that I loved about the store is, you know, whoever was there, you could always find just, you know, some common points of interest and just yes. great conversation, like at any point. And so that was always for me so engaging. It's just kind of like, I have a chance to learn or to know something or talk about something I usually don't get a chance to talk about. Yeah, that's the, the, the beauty of the store is whatever you were into, you could find somebody else you could, you could talk about that interest with. I mean, 
luckily, I mean, amongst everybody, like we, I think we shared and, and um, liked similar interests. So there was always updates or discussing this and that was coming out. So it was a beautiful environment for that. Um, well, you're not, you're not only, I mean, you, you obviously were at the store, you, you liked the store. We were, we were all friends at the store, but you, you occasionally would jump in at the store too. Like you worked a few birthday parties that we've discussed in the past. Didn't you, Jack? Yes. Yes. Joe, Joe and I actually uh, did one or two parties together when, when he took over the store. Um, so did we do away was... parties, Jack? Did we do any of the, uh, oh, I had to call them away parties and not trying to poach you, you, did, you did one away party i think it was at a diner i remember oh my god you were the, that's right that, that was was that the um the greenvale diner i think it was i think it was that's where the kids got licked up with uh coca-cola before yeah, we got I, oh, I remember that from the very first episode we discussed that that's, yes that's yeah, hilarious but jack, I, yeah jack was the other yeah he was the fifth person that's right yeah that was um that was an interesting party. It, it <laughs> was indeed. It was indeed. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so, um, no, I, I, again, so my, my whole thing is, um, and it's so funny, I was telling James, um, I'm not sure if it was that party, but at least that one party, I've got this file in my, my laptop says, Mint Condition Mets Questions. And I was like, what is this? And so I'm like going through it. And, and so I had all these Mets questions, obviously for a party, because, you know, uh, you know, like Joe, like, you know, the secret is everybody's a winner. Uh, and so you find that, you know, the really tough questions and the easier questions. And, and, and so I, I remember it's just like, hey, uh, I must have had I must have used this uh, for a party at some particular point. Um, so but I mean, again, it, it was always such a warm and welcoming environment. You know, if I had the time. I was always there whether. How about with the party, whether it was, you know, to 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 clean out the abyss, you know, move some of the old stock out uh, and, and, and try to put that up for sale uh, or Harbor Fest. You know, um, mm-hmm. that, that was always uh, something that I would try to maybe uh, sit at the booth with uh, Richie to to bring some kind of attention to the store. So if there's something I could do, I would try to do it. That's right. You did Harbor Fest also. I forgot yeah. about that. Wow. Did you work? Did you ever work the counter counter? I think I did twice, uh, very limited. I was always very nervous because, um, you know, again, having worked at Barnes & Noble and, again, having worked at Pathmark, I knew every register had its own kind of weirdness to it. Uh, And and so I I always felt that it was just going to be strange for me to kind of work the register. But uh, I think I did at least twice I might have worked the counter. Well, what was weird about that register at at, um, at Mint was it belonged in a cash register museum <laughs> that's, i mean that's what made it weird it was such a uh an, an antique but um yeah it could be very tricky to work that register. i i, I trouble with it for the first year exactly exactly you joe you understand <laughs> I, do, I do and you were a good install like you were one of the installations when we started doing the comic book bowl sessions too yes oh yes. yeah those those were fun um i i, I had so much Wonderful, so many wonderful memories. I mean, I would always sit back, try to prepare. I mean, I, I think the me now would, would just take it to a next level with with visual displays. But but I mean, uh, I, I I thought they were fun, engaging, um, and and just always interesting because you it made you the expert of whatever you want to be the expert in. Uh, but it also then allowed you to 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 learn so much from so many other people. And it mm-hmm. was I, I think again uh, just a sense of community, family, just love. This is the thing what? I'd like to, I'd really like to see. So now, now clearly we need a YouTube channel because I really want, I really want one of these debates. I don't want to debate Jack. Uh, 
but I'd love to watch somebody else get destroyed by Jack as he brings up all these visual aids in this PowerPoint. Uh, so I'd be happy to, to watch it happen. I just don't, I don't want to be the one who gets destroyed. <laughs> Jack and I had a few debates over the years, right, Jack? We, we have. We have. You know, I was going to leave that aside because, you know, it's, it's all fun and, and, and fun games. You it, was know? All, it was always fun. It was always respectful. It was always yes. uh, intelligent. And uh, for me, it was always a learning experience. Yes. Oh, same for me as well. Same for me. And, and, and I can honestly say, um, you know, talking to you, Joe, really gave me some insight uh, that I didn't necessarily have. And the thing I enjoy talking uh, with you about is, is that I was able to learn uh, your views without having to feel as if uh, my views were wrong or somehow or other, um, all of the information, everything that I thought was incorrect. It was just kind of, hey, this is this is my my thought. This is my position. Um, you know, and again, you and I, uh, you know, uh, survivors of Catholic school. So, yeah. That's what I'm curious about then. If you don't mind my asking, Jack, like if you could pick like your top three bull sessions that you either did before and would like to do again, or that you never got a chance to do, uh, if you had the opportunity, what are the three, like the three bull sessions or debates that you would, that you would really be all about having at, at this point in your, your career as, as a geek? Sure. Um, one of the things uh, that I would love to do is uh, I, I like the the old system we had where you can pick a topic and, and then you can essentially you got the soapbox and, and the floor was yours. And, and the thing I really liked about it was almost kind of like, the, you know, the, the British Parliament is, you know, sit back and you could say something like Superman's a legend. Uh, um, and, and, you know, uh, just that kind of that energy that you would feel and, and, and people would kind of, you know, rebut or push against you if there's maybe something that they knew. I think something like that was really fun. Another thing, and James and I have talked about this, uh, is I, I would really love to, to just talk about uh, the state of science fiction and, and, and where it is, why it's not more successful as a genre, if we want to call it a genre, uh, than, than, other genres, I, I think I was talking to James, you, you know, uh, the show Grey's Anatomy has been on for like, you know, 18 seasons. Um, but yeah. other than Doctor Who, I can't think of another science fiction show that has gone on that long. And, and so what, what does that mean? And, and, mm-hmm. and is there something missing? Is there just these preconceived notions? Um, and, and, you know, on, on some level, I think there's a, a lot more openness to it because I think, you know, Disney and the MCU and Star Wars have, have just kind of become uh, just commonplace. Uh, but on some level, I, I feel that that's almost kind of moving away from what made science fiction special uh, in my day. Uh, and so that's a, that's that's a huge discussion I'd love to have, just kind of get some, uh, some points of view. Um, but another thing, and we kind of touched on this with the Legion, is, you know, just diversity. I love the episode you guys did uh, for Shang-Chi. I thought that was awesome and amazing. Um, and, and just really kind of saying, you know, what's the future of, of like, science fiction or, or, or fantasy or comic books? Um, where does it go? Uh, who is, you know, who is telling the stories uh, that, you know, we're going to, to watch and to see? Uh, you know, Joe, I, 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 I did appreciate your, your, um, your comments with respect to, uh, you know, Jonathan Kent. Uh, Jonathan uh, Kent uh, and, 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 and how, you know, they're moving the character uh, in this one direction. And, and not to say that there aren't benefits to where they're taking the character, but is that really what we consider Superman? That's a whole discussion I, I think um, is not necessarily had in a very respectful manner that we can actually talk about, you know, where they have the character going, what are the stories they're telling, uh, what diversity means in science fiction, fantasy, uh, and, and, and how we can kind of try to incorporate that in a way that uh, benefits everybody. 
No, those are all great topics. Yeah, um, no, that's that's great. And also, quick plug because I have to do it. Um, you mentioned Green Lantern earlier. You mentioned the future. You mentioned science fiction. If uh, I don't know where the three of you are on this, but if you have not yet read N.K. Jemisin's Far Sector, I just finished it and it's terrific. Okay. That, that was actually on my list of things I was gonna I was gonna check out. So yeah, so I will so, be able to read Excellent. Okay. Sorry. Quick plug. Go ahead, James. <laughs> no, 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 that was, that was, that was good. No, 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 I mean, those are all, that was a great question, Chris. Cause was, I mean, I think, I think, you know, a little behind the, uh, the scenes for the audience, we, the three of us will be sitting down and do an episode about the state of science fiction, just to let you know. So Jack, that, that's going to happen. And, um, I think the other two, the diversity one is, an, is an ongoing discussion, but I would love to have you on to talk about that, especially with yeah. like the, the MCU introducing Miss Marvel as a TV show and She-Hulk and, and all the and having just Shang Chi come out, I think a diversity discussion is is, is again worth having an own, its own episode about. Because um, now we have like two possibly two Black Superman projects in the works, so that's yeah. you know um, there's a lot of a lot of stuff to be mined there. And yeah, I would love to hear you just pontificate on uh, on a character. <laughs> I mean, we we recently started it. It'll have aired by the time this episode airs. We're going to do character retrospectives. Uh, so that you could maybe pick a character retrospective and do that as well. So we, those are all great ideas, Jack, for, for future episodes. Yeah, that was a great answer, Jack. Thank you for sharing. Uh, um, just to, just to kind of call back to what I opened this episode with you, you did know a lot about Hawkman back in the day. I was saying. <laughs> I, I, I did. I did. He, he was, he was actually, uh, one of my favorites, um, you know, because, when the character first started, he was, you know, there was just kind of uh, savagery to him. You know, he had the mace and, and, you know, he was just very brutal. Um, but then, you know, they, they, they kind of changed it um, and, and they came out with Hawk World. Um, and, and so they, the stories I think were interesting, but the problem is I think on some level that really kind of changed the, the tone and the tenor of the comic. Um, and, and, but they introduced some really nice ideas, um, you know, and it was written and drawn by Timothy Truman. Um, and so that was fine, but then they just kept rebooting the character to the point where the character almost became, uh, they did a, a lot of retcons and a lot of reboots, uh, to really just try to reconcile all of this. And it just became a huge, huge mess. Um, you know, um, as I would always tell James, it was just like a hot buttered garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, you turned me on to what was the Hawkman you had me read the first three volumes that, that took oh, all of that the garbage. Robert Vendetti, and... The Robert Vendetti Hawkman. Just tell Jack that. That's it. Jack. If you want to dive back into Hawkman, just recently DC concluded, I believe, a twenty-nine issue run of Hawkman, written by Robert Vendetti. Uh, I think the first twelve issues, uh, 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 the artwork was by uh, Brian Hitch. It's, oh wow. Uh, he takes everything you just spoke about, Jack, plus the 1940s Hawkman, Prince Kufnu, is that how you pronounce his name? Mm-hmm. And the Silver Age Hawkman, Carter and, and Shira Hall. And he combines them all together, and it actually makes sense. It's a good story. It's not just exposition. It's more than that. And um, it has a wonderful, beautiful, loving tribute ending to the character. So uh, I would highly recommend that. I know James, how many bodies have you read so far, James? I read the first two. The You're third one is, right? a, yeah. I mean, I'll plug it again. I plug it a lot. Hoopla, <laughs> Hoopla yeah. has the first there three volumes on there. Yeah. So I, I read, I read the first three. I read the first two. I, I want to read the first three, and I don't know if they released the, fir- the, vol- the fourth volume yet. I think I saw that on Amazon uh, the other day, the fourth volume, because uh, somewhere along the line last year during the pandemic, issue number twenty-five 
was was recalled and never got released. And if you go online looking for it and you go to different sites, like if you go to Metropolis Comics or Midtown Comics, you can't find it. And if you do find it on eBay, somebody wants $60 for it. So uh, I'm not sure that issue was ever released, but it is in the fourth volume, the fourth trade. Uh, so uh, it's the one story I didn't get to read. So I'm probably going to buy that fourth trade just for that, just so I can have issue 25. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'll have to check my uh, the Hoopla account when I'm off there and see if volume four is, is mm-hmm. available. Um, well, Jack, since you're, you're here, and this is something we did with our last last guest, Keith, but um, I'd like to you weigh in on it. What, what would be your recommendation as a comic book to give a brand new reader yes yeah question so you know that's that's a really good question um so and and it's one of those things that i um again with with my youngest uh we i've I've tried to kind of figure out what's the best way to do it and so on one level i think uh kids today have it easy because um you know they've got uh the mcu and so they they've seen the characters uh in different iterations they've got you know the arrowverse and so they've got those characters on television um and um they've got disney which again also kind of brings uh the characters together there and so on one level, I think that's good. It makes the introduction so much easier. Um, so there's a lot of backstory that you don't necessarily need to fill in. Where they differ, it's not really significant. Um, but, you know, uh, and I've heard you guys talk about this, and I think this is part of the problem with the industry is, um, you know, so for my youngest, we took him to a comic book store not, uh, I think maybe two years ago for his birthday. It was the first time we went, uh, and he absolutely loved it. Um, and, and so one of the things that uh, I tried to get him were comic books from like characters he already knew. Um, and so uh, we, we picked up uh, Captain America. We, we picked up uh, a, a, I think we picked up an Avengers. Um, and when we went back later on, we picked up the, the, the Sam Wilson, uh, Captain America run, the trades. And so that's always the problem is if you want to get the full story, you pick up the trades. Uh, which makes it difficult for them to really get interested into, you know, getting the monthlies. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to really kind of continue uh, with him enjoying the wave and the patience of just letting the story play itself out. Um, but I mean, he's really taken to it. And so he uh, says he wants to be a comic book artist amongst many different job choices he wants. Uh, and, and James, I think I told you for his birthday, uh, I got him, you know, how to draw comics the Marvel way, which he really loves. Oh, nice. Um, yeah classic yeah exactly it's i mean it's 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 such a great introduction to really kind of build confidence in kids but um i think now whereas you know when we were when i was coming up you know all the comic books were just there uh and i think um maybe you know with the next generation you guys uh they were comic books for kids and then comic books for adults um and i think now with the introduction of all of the you know the characters uh, you know, on movies and television and you see them everywhere. There's just a lot of opportunity to get people in. I think there's a long-winded way to say um, the best character or the best comic books to introduce are probably those that resonate the most with the, the nature of the character. And so uh, I know for, like I said, for, for my son, I thought the, the Sam Wilson as Captain America was, was a good start because he mm. had watched and he was kind of interested uh for my goddaughter um you know there's the um the the i think it's kind of a trade paperback but it's i'm not starfire and it's just oh my gosh that one is so good i read that like several months ago it's so good 
bingo, bingo. And, and so, 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 so that's, that's one, you know, uh, you know, I feel uh, would really resonate with her. And so I, I basically, I, I love that the industry is so vast now that you can basically say, you know what, if I know the audience, I can basically find a comic that's really going to resonate with them. And I, and I appreciate that because it's, it, you didn't have that much variety, um, you know, when we were growing up. You can, can get in the neighborhood, but now you can really just kind of say, you know what, everything I know about this, this new reader, this is really what's going to kind of hook them in. No, that's a great answer. I, I, guess, I guess piggybacking off of that answer, and it's something I think you, you might have posted in the Facebook group when we had our episode, but what is your favorite comic book of all time? Great question. Um, so I, I've got several. So there, there's it, it breaks down to favorite series and, and, and kind of favorite like issues. Um, and so um, my favorite series uh, is definitely probably that first one of uh, Sandman. I think uh, when that came out, it was just phenomenon. I, I just couldn't imagine uh, storytelling uh, would you could tell this depth of a story in a comic book. And it just made me a Neil Gaiman fan ever since. And, and I've been following his career and reading his work ever since then. Um, favorite single issue, um, there are two. Um, and, and so the, the one, um, and this is somewhat bittersweet, but you know, uh, who is Donna Troy, um, you know, because oh. George Perez and, and we've just recently found out about his, his health struggles. Right. Um, but I mean, that, that one single issue was just so, just amazing to me. I mean, I remember I read it and it, it, it brought me to uh, a, a, just an emotional place that most comics have just never, ever uh, gotten me to go. And, and um, the other one, I think it's, uh, I think it's an image spotlight or a milestone. I think it's an image spotlight and it's the first one. Um, and it is um, Mr. Majestic at the end of time. Um, and I love it because it basically, it's a, you don't really need to know who the characters are. Um, it's just a single issue, uh, and it basically talks uh, just about the you know the the heat death of the universe, um, and and you have seven survivors who are there at the heat death of the universe and what that looks like, and it's just such an extraordinary thing because you know again this is Alan Moore, he's done a lot of great work, but and I've heard. You all kind of appreciate some of the work he's done. He's absolutely crazy, but still great story. <laughs> yes, color. yeah, no, that, that's <laughs> you're, put, you're putting a pretty fine point on it. You're right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay. but he he was able to combine great storytelling with actually what we know about physics, um, you know, uh, and entropy and, and how the universe might end. And and uh, it it's one of those things that after I read it, it, it never left me. No, that's great. I, I think you posted the Mr. Majestic at the end of time, but I, I forgot about the Donna Troy one. Um, I'll have to take a look at that. I don't think I've ever read that story. Um, was that part of the regular run or was that like a separate special issue? It was part of the regular run. And, and that's that's the reason why it, it was, you know, I mean, today we would, you know, jokingly say it's, you know, on a very special two titans, um, you know, it because it deviated from the story. But uh, there, and even now, again, you know, if you think, you know, describing Hawkman's, History was difficult. I mean, I, I don't even think I could do Donna Troy. That's that's how impossible <sighs> yeah. that that retcon would be, uh, and the reboots that have happened with that character. Um, but it it really just told us one basic story of of you know uh, if you strip it. I always look at for me the best comics, the best stories are if you take everything away. What is the story really about? And 
if you take away the fact that she's not a Troy and, and you have Dick Grayson, you know, world's second or third best detective, it's really about a friend trying to help another friend find out who they are. And I don't think a story can get more emotional than that. How, how does a best friend help someone find out their identity? I mean, it, it has everything. Wow, I'm gonna have to see if I, I have to see if it's collected somewhere or if it's one of the Titan collections because oh, I, be. I know Hoopla has like most of they 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 release like I think eleven of the tri- Titan trade paperbacks of the classic run. So I'll have to see which issue that is and which run that is. So I'll, I can read that issue. Um, well, we we kind of, we mentioned um, in the beginning like your your original comic books and your original heroes that you clung to. So who is like who would you say is your favorite hero or pop culture hero now? Oh. So uh, probably now, um, since it since since it came out, uh, and probably uh, in, until and just on so many levels, it, it has to be you know Benjamin Sisko um, from Deep Space Nine. Um, I you know uh, the character from from his inception. I, I remember telling you know my my friend Brian. I mean, his whole trajectory started from the death of his wife. Uh, and then years later, he, to fulfill his duty uh, to, to, to Starfleet, he accepted this assignment. It was going to be his last assignment. But in following his duty, he found his destiny, mm-hmm. um, which is an extraordinary story in and of itself. But on top of that, I mean, he was just a great dad. I mean, that, that in and of itself, uh, you know, tells uh, volumes of, of who the character is. And, and, and so... Um, I just found and I could identify with with uh, his struggles uh, and 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 there's just so many layers to kind of unpack there. It, it it teaches you, you know, always always do your best, always follow, you know, do your duty. If you've committed to doing something, then then follow it through, and who knows what will come from that. So I mean, uh, again, since the introduction of that character, I, I I don't think anyone has come close to eclipsing. Uh, you know, uh, the great work that Avery Brooks kind of just breathed into that character. Yeah, I mean, I think Chris brought that point up too about the amazing work that Avery Brooks did in that show. Um, so, and I agree, I love Cisco too. He's he's he's, he's up there, like uh, of, of the captains and the characters that I think about, Cisco is an amazing character. Yeah. Well, and he was also one of the few, in my opinion, and I, I really didn't watch Beyond DS9, so <clears throat> so maybe things changed, but it always felt like he was one of the few like flawed characters, which I appreciated because it didn't, it didn't mitigate his greatness, right? It didn't make him less of a captain, but it made him more human. Like as much as I like Picard, he was perfect in so many ways, which is one of the reasons I liked from a, from a character and a narrative standpoint, I liked seeing him kind of break down when confronted with the Borg. Um, you know, and, and get emotional after that and then sort of deal with, with ultimately what, you know, ends up being PTSD um, after his assimilation. So with Cisco, it was like he was a great dad, but he made mistakes. And he was a great captain, but he made mistakes. And there were times where he had difficulty making the right call. Again, you know, my favorite my favorite Star Trek episode that I listed um, was was all about Cisco and how desperately he was trying to... Uh, you know, protect everybody against, um, against, um, oh gosh, now I'm going <laughs> to, the shapeshifters. Um, founders. Thank you, the founders. And how he decides, you know, he's going to do whatever it takes to get the Romulans in on their side. 
and how he says, I'm going to be able to sleep. You know, I'm going to be able to sleep after this. And, uh, and so I, that was one thing I always admired about Cisco as a character was that you, you didn't, you, you knew that ultimately he would, he would be doing his best, but there would be days when his best wasn't good enough. And there would be days when, when his emotions would get the better of him because it, it just felt like he was a more human captain than the, than the other ones we had seen up to that point. So, so I hundred percent agree. I think Cisco was always just a really interesting, a really interesting character because he was, he had so many more dimensions to him and there was so much to learn about him as the series went on. He had the courage of his convictions. Mm-hmm. Cisco. That was a great, great. And also Cisco and I share the uh, love of something baseball. And I was connected yep. with him because of that. I just love that. That, he, uh, that great episode where they play ball. <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny you mentioned that because that's the kind of episode that honestly I would see a commercial for. And I'd be like, that looks like a really stupid episode. But inevitably, I'd watch it, and it's like, no, this is this is it's well written, and it gives you insight into the characters, and um, and yeah, somehow they they really they wove it in as part of the story. It never, it didn't it was part of his identity. It didn't just feel like a random thing they tacked on, and that was really yeah. nice. No, that's no, Mr. Wolf playing baseball. <laughs> my favorite Star Trek character, as you guys know, Mr. Wolf. Yeah, I would I'd take him on my team any day. But yeah, no, Cisco is a great character, and, and we've said this before. How much how underrated DS9 is. It's unbelievable, DS9. Yeah, it's an, amazing, it's an amazing series. Well, since we have you here, Jack, and I know offline we've had many conversations and you're a fan of the show, What what is your favorite Star Trek episode if we can just yeah. ask you for it now? So I thought a lot about this, James, and, and I love the show that you guys did. Um, I, I, I kind of came up with an idea, and I'll, I'll go through them very quickly. Um, so... I feel that there is probably two my my two favorite episodes of each series, and so I, I, I figure, and some of these you've covered, so I won't go deep into them. But you know, from the original series, Next Generation, uh, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise, um, and so for uh, the original series, uh, City on the Edge of Forever, just fantastic, wonderful, excellent storytelling. Um, the other one that I think is uh, my my another favorite of mine, and I watched it recently and still holds together, uh, is The Empath. And that's from season three, episode 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole episode is, it's it's staged like a play because there are very few backgrounds. It's, nice. it's a lot of black in the background, so you don't really get a sense of the setting, but you have the three main characters. And so they create the episode and, and it basically focuses on all of what makes them special. And, and Joe, to your point, it really focuses on McCoy and his compassion. Because uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's that's what um, kind of brings the episode together. I mean, really quick, some aliens uh, can only save one planet in their system. Uh, and so they are have this one empath uh, who they believe her people may be the one uh, planet that they save, but they don't know if uh, she can teach her people love and compassion. And so she used, they, these aliens use Spock, McCoy, and Kirk uh, to be her teachers. Um, and it's such an emotional episode, um, but they don't go anywhere. They don't do anything, but it's just about them. And so I, I think that that's just a fantastic episode. Um, from Next Generation, Darmok, uh, you know. Oh, I um, love that episode. Oh, it's so God, amazing. Yes. Oh, that's a good um, one. And I think the reason I think the reason I appreciate it now more than I did before is, you know, I was telling you earlier is, you know, I currently work, you know, as a foreign service officer and I work in other countries. And, and so communication has become mm-hmm. so important uh, to me in the work that I do. And, and, you know, I move from country to country every few years. And so the ability to actually have an exchange of ideas is so important. And I think that episode really 
captures that in a very interesting way. Um, and the inner light, uh, I, I think, again, it, it's, you know, uh, Picard living this entire life um, mm. that isn't his, but essentially he still retains uh, the joy from that life. Um, Deep Space Nine, again, Cisco's my guy. So my two favorites uh, are The Visitor. I know uh, uh, yeah, that that one, last, you know, season four, episode three, uh, and Far Beyond the Stars, uh, you know, season six, episode 13, which ironically uh, directed by Avery Brooks. And I mean, just... It resonates with me, you know, again, uh, and so much of it still resonates today. I mean, we watch the news and there are just very difficult challenges we as a society must still encounter, um, you know, in dealing with race relations. And so the fact that they had the courage to make those episodes, I think, is just a testament to, you know, Iris Stephen Bear as the showrunner to really sit back and say, these are things that are important uh, and, and, and to actually put it out there. So, so uh, mm-hmm. I, I think excellent episodes. From Voyager, uh, Timeless, um, which is the 100th episode overall, season five, episode six, uh, where, again, 15 years after uh, an accident, Harry Kim tries to uh, send a message back in time to undo that accident. And you just see how broken he is. LeVar Burton directed that episode, so I think that's really good. Um, and another one, Course Oblivion. And this is, it's <laughs> this really gets into the science fiction weeds, but it's not the Voyager crew. It's this kind of, replicant Voyager crew from a previous episode, but, you know, they're, they all start to um, come apart literally over time. And, and the, the nature of the episode is uh, on, on some living life is meaningless, but even in the face of ultimate destruction, they still try to do their best to, to tell their story. And, and, and there's just, again, something very powerful uh, in that. Um, and so that, that's my, my favorite uh, to uh, Voyage episodes in uh, for Enterprise, Dear Doctor, uh, 13 episodes in season one. And the reason I like that one is because it really wrestles with the whole notion of, you know, the, the, the prime directive. Uh, when does it apply? What do you do when you have, you know, it's classic, you know, trolley problem. You know, if we do this one thing uh, to help this one group of people, what are the consequences uh, on going in the other direction? And, 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 and so that, that I think is, it, they really kind of tackle it head on. Some of the science is a bit iffy, but uh, I, I do like the fact that they're even willing to discuss it. Uh, and, the, and the other one is uh, Twilight. And, and many of you may not remember that this is the one where it, it's kind of the Memento episode or, or you know, the, the uh, 51st Dates episode uh, where Captain Archer cannot, you know, has no long-term memory. And, and so... Uh, he just constantly wakes up and they tell him everything has kind of gone to hell. The Zindi one and, and, and Earth is basically kind of uh, destroyed and humans have kind of found uh, refuge on City Alpha 4. Yeah, there's a there's a little callback from mm-hmm. Greg's first people who love that one. Um, and, 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 and I like that one um, just due to the fact that, uh, again, it's a very emotional episode, which, again, for me, I like my science fiction with deeper themes and meanings. And, and so the ones I listed, I think, are the ones that resonate with me the most emotionally. Wow, that was a great list. I love, I love the list. I, I like yeah, that. That was terrific, right. Jack. Thank you for sharing that. That was that was awesome. I just I know that a bunch of our listeners right now are are probably running this back a little bit so they can write down the episodes <laughs> that you're listing so they can go back and and watch those. Yeah, that was that was great. I know you in like conversations off air. You've you've uh, you've you always have a lot of thoughts about the things we talk about. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to weigh in about some Star Trek when we have you on this episode. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, that's we we did our uh, preparing our list for Star Trek episodes, and I rewatched The Visitor, uh, Jack. Every time I watch that episode, I, it makes me cry. 
Yeah. The, the loving relationship between father and son is so beautiful. It's just one of the, one of the best Star Trek episodes ever. I, I, I completely agree. Great stuff. Great acting. I mean, Avery Brooks. And uh, Darmok, that was Paul Winfield, was it not? Yes, yes, it was. Uh, yes. Great yeah, acting, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great episode, too. Well, although, I mean, I, I, I haven't watched any Enterprise, so I'll have to check. Eventually, I will watch the series Enterprise. Um, that's next on my docket after I finish getting through Voyager. But, um, you know, I think having watched the first season and uh, first and uh, first season and part of the second season of Voyager, I, I have a different appreciation for it going back through it than I did when I first came on. So I'm interested to give the same lens to Enterprise that I didn't have for it previously. Hmm. Um, well, so are you are you currently reading books, Jack, comics of any kind? You know, I, I, I don't. Um, so we were in the States recently and, and I picked up a few. Um, and, and mostly what I do is I, I keep up with what's going on in comics. Um, through YouTube channels, uh, they'll break down. They'll do some synopses uh, of some comics. Um, I do like the the new um, Wonder Woman. Uh, I think her name is Yara. Uh, Yara Flaw. Yeah. Yes. So so I I think that's a fascinating idea where you can have a whole separate group of Amazons in another part of the world with different culture and different mythology. I think that's an amazing idea. And so so I I, I did pick up one or two of those. Uh, issues uh, and and it's I think an area that that I would like to kind of uh, still see and continue. Um, you know, some of the other comics I find them interesting. It's just uh, I, I just don't know. Uh, I I think recently the the, the whole recent X Men run and now they're on Krakoa and, and what they've done there. I think it's fascinating. Uh, I just don't know if it's enough to bring me back into the fold. It's definitely an interesting series. I've read some of the Krakoa stuff, and I would say it's it's definitely interesting. Though I don't know if like because of the way I read it on Hoopla, there's I I don't know what the release is versus like real time, and I don't know I haven't read like all the stuff that led up to Krakoa. So some of jumping into like the House of X and the Swords of X stuff is um, the, the Hickman. I, I well I appreciate that Hickman's not writing down to the audience, but if you haven't read other stuff, you're like, what the heck is going on? Mm-hmm. Like. There's no previously on X-Men or anything. They're just like, this is what's going on. And I hope you read everything else. So, but I did find it very interesting what they're doing with the whole mutant state at this time. Well, Hickman's left that book. He's gone on to Substack with all the other, the other writers. So I don't, I think there's another reboot coming for the X-Men. Um, Jack, I'll recommend the book for you. Please. Flesh. Oh. Jeremy Adams. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I knew that was good. As soon as you said you've got a book to recommend, I'm like, I know what's coming, and Best I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to Keith hearing this episode because I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be able to anticipate that too. Oh, by the way, Keith is also a a, a Hawkman file, if that's the correct term. So oh, um, there's there's a, maybe a bull session in the future with uh, Jack and, uh, and Keith and see. Oh, that would be a lot. Of Hawkman each other. <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> That'd be a lot of fun. We'll have to we'll have to line that up, especially with a. I'll call out Josh here with the uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture debate. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, there you oh, go. Yeah, well, it's, I'm going to lose my. I'm just going to. The debate never people, ends. I will lose my mind if he says that again. I just, <laughs> Star Trek: The Motion Picture, as I prefer to Star Trek: Parallel Parking in Space. You, That's you, what that movie's about. You heard it here first, folks. If you've never seen Joe watch a Yankees game, you'll basically get the equivalent when Josh repeats what he feel how he feels about Star Trek: oh, The Motion Picture. Oh yes. Yeah, Oh yeah! Oh my God! I'll, I'll take a, a Valium before that. <laughs> well, I will. I will say off the air. Josh has been like, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to defend it. I, I was like, when I, when I told him your react, Joe's reaction, and Jack, your reaction to it afterwards, he's like, 
He's like, I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm ready. Bring it on. Okay. Yeah, Josh, Josh will put together a slideshow too. He'll have slides too. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great. Uh, no, it'll be like a tennis match. James and I can sit up in the in the the ref chair and we can watch it go back and forth. I'm I'm looking for this is a great plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. <laughs> yes, let's do it. Let's do it. I'd love I'm love to see it. We're just, you know, Chris and I just be, like cuz I haven't seen the movie in a long time. I don't remember enjoying it, but I am willing to rewatch it in anticipation of the episode. But I, I feel like Joe and Jack have the most uh, fire and Josh obviously have the most fire yes. about this yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't I I'm I'm perfectly happy to observe this one and sit this one out. This is not a Batman Superman situation for me. <laughs> I waited two hours in the rain that night back in uh, the, the early late fall of '79 when I came. We waited ten years for this. Oh my god! I just uh, wow, what a horrible film. <laughs> I like your recanting, like you know where you were, Joe. The circumstances, the whole, the whole, you have the whole play by play. Well, Jack, in terms of, um, so if you're not, like, what would be, what's like the pop culture stuff, I guess, you're gravitating towards these days? So, uh, James, as you know, uh, Foundation, you know, the Apple uh, Apple TV Plus series, that that captivated me in, in a way that very few things uh, have in, in a very long time. So, so I definitely felt that that was, you know, spot on, worth anyone's watch. Um, uh, it... A bit, maybe you have to allow them to tell the story before you uh, find uh, a convenient point to jump on. But, but I mean, it's definitely, uh, I think, just worth the ride. Um, that so that's key. Uh, I'm now watching the, the final season of Lost in Space. Uh, I enjoyed the first two seasons. Um, you know, and James, you and I have spoken offline. Uh, there, there is some kind of things that they just kind of let go, um, you know, and I get it, um, you know, they, they're telling a different story, but uh, the fact that there are so many planets that they go to that are Earth-like and that they can have no problem surviving, we'll let that go. And they encounter alien life. It's not sentient alien life, but no one seems to care about that. We'll let that go too. Um, so, but I mean, I think the story it is telling is is, is very fun and captivating. Um, you know, I... I still try to watch uh, all the Marvel movies. Um, uh, still try to stay on top and stay on top of uh, a lot of the Disney plus shows. Um, but you know, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm, I I think, uh, James, you and I spoke, I said the last best science fiction movie that I saw was arrival. And, and, you know, I'm, 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 I'm waiting for another arrival. Um, you know, I'm waiting for something else that just absolutely captivates my imagination in a way that makes, just leaves me breathless. Um, and I don't necessarily know if the industry's there uh, for that uh, anymore, but uh, you know the fact that it was done once. Uh, from what I've heard, the same director directed Dune, and so that is a feast for the eyes. And so I hope to see that one as well um, to really kind of see what they do with, with you know with Frank Herbert's story. Um, so I mean, I always look for something new, fun, and interesting. Um, sometimes I get disappointed, but I mean, hey, that's that's what happens. Well, I know we speak a, speak a bunch about uh, Rick and Morty. Yes, uh, as, yes, as one of our go, go tos. Uh, I recommend. I mean, I think it's still strong storytelling. I mean, not every episode is great, but I feel like even when they don't hit a home run on that show, it's still entertaining, interesting, or makes you think a little bit on that mm-hmm. show. Uh, so I, I know that's the show, and and I, I was to your point about Dune. I, I saw Dune, and I would say it's it's definitely worth seeing. 
uh, I don't know, Jack, how steeped you are in the original like novels or mm. if you've read them, but um, it's it's worth seeing. It was it was good. I, mean, I I didn't I didn't regret seeing it. I I question whether or not they stopped at the right point or. <laughs> If if the making the the it a movie instead of a show like Foundation or something would have been more appropriate, but I, I definitely think it's worth worth seeing, and it's it's visually if anything it's visually spectacular. I mean, yeah. it's a stunning movie. Um, but uh, well, what do you think in terms of like the current like you know you're I guess you're trying to keep up with the Marvel shows. Uh, are you still are you still enjoying that universe as much as when you first got into that universe, the MCU? Very good question. You know, so, I mean, I, so, I mean, in the interest of full disclosure, living abroad, there's some things I haven't seen. So the last movie I saw was Black Widow. So I haven't seen Shang-Chi yet. Um, We're going to see Far From Home on Friday. um, Oh, great. We're renting out a theater. Like the embassy can just kind of rent out a theater for all the families that want to see it. Oh, that's Um, awesome. So so we're excited. Yeah, yeah. So we're excited about that. Um, the, the shows, the last one I saw was um, actually uh, Falcon or Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I thought that was really good. Uh, I, I, I thought that it had a lot of good themes. I, I liked some of the ideas um, that it presented. I mean, it's one of those things. And this is, again, my frustration, I think, with Marvel. And I guess this is my frustration with science fiction uh, is when you scratch the surface, it's a good story, um, but it really in my opinion, I don't think it really truly hits um, where some of these true social issues are. And and again, I have to accept that, you know, this is uh, a franchise. This is a money-making endeavor. They, they don't want to ostracize or offend anybody. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do hope at some point, uh, and from what I've heard, um, you know, the Eternals maybe moves closer in this direction. Um, I do hope that the studio uh, accepts some risks uh, and tells some just deep thought provoking stories uh, that really allow people to, you know, find themselves. Uh, and like you said, uh, James, you know, they have some new shows coming out, um, you know, the, the, the Ms. Marvel show and, and um, I haven't seen Loki yet, but I look forward to that. Um, and, and, and so I, I do hope that they take this opportunity to, to take some chances uh, with some of the storytelling. I'd be really interested to have, further conversation with you about that, Jack, because I, I feel the same way. I, <clears throat> I appreciate some of, I appreciate some of what they're trying to do, but sometimes, sometimes it feels like they, they make a choice to just, to just end the conversation early. And, and that's not a thing I generally, I generally appreciate. I can, I, I can understand why they make that choice. Um, but I, but I don't like some of the dancing around an issue that they do. And I, and I understand there are a lot of people, you know, we've talked about this in sports a lot that, that a lot of people watch sports and they want their, they want their sports to just be sports. They just want to be entertainment. And and I can appreciate that. But I, but I, I find that when they, when they sort of dance around, like they, they start having the conversation, but then they intentionally end it short of really digging into it. Um, I just feel like those are missed opportunities. So I, I'd love to talk to you further about that at some point, have you come back on and have that be, part of our conversation because I think that also ties into the the diversity conversation you mentioned earlier I think it ties in really really deeply there and and it's hard to um, it's hard to really really make a solid play at genuine diversity um, if you're not willing to go in with the knowledge that you're gonna have some of these these more difficult conversations that yeah they're gonna put some people off but 
But um, when you're missing pieces of the puzzle, uh, it's it's weird to to have a half finished puzzle and, and say, okay, you know, that's that's good. No, well, thank thank you, Chris. I, I agree. I mean, I, I think to use a comparison, uh, I, I think a show that really just went head on uh, and just tackled difficult conversations and difficult topics was, you know, the Watchmen show. Um, yes, I mean, it yes. was mm-hmm. just a tour de force from the first episode to the last. Uh, and they did not shy away from anything that was uncomfortable. Um, and at times it was painful, but it was so thought provoking. Uh, and, and so I say that so far as we know it's possible, you know, other people have dared to do it. Um, I don't necessarily know if Marvel, aka Disney, uh, will ever, you know, venture that far. But but I, I wish we could find more instances of of creators having the funding, the the support, uh, and the backing uh, by the studios to actually sit back and say, you know, this is my vision. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that Watchmen show was was amazing. I, I got like when I I watched like the whole thing when. Hulu had it available um, for the for the Juneteenth like um, weekend after I think right after it came out on HBO like I binged it because I only had it for like forty eight hours I was like wow this is amazing and and while it, it it went deep into all all the social political and diversity issues I, I it, it didn't shy away it's still like it was still a great I mean it was a great show it was just a great show it was like lightning in a bottle that they captured in that show well and it was really I mean. Jack, it's, it's I, I can appreciate that there's there's you mentioned that watching the show was painful sometimes. And that's that's a thing that I, you know, I I'm not I'm not ever going to fully understand. Like, yes, I, I it was tough for me, too, but obviously for different reasons and on a different level. But it was really something to see, you know, to see everybody to see Greenwood trending after that episode dropped and people going, wait, was this was this wait, this actually this actually happened. They didn't make that up. And the makers of Watchmen were like, yeah, this is American history that it's, it's a huge part piece of American history and you don't know it. So one, we're glad that you're, you're learning about it and we're the ones who could teach you, but also, you know, you gotta be able to question why didn't I know about Greenwood? So you're right. I mean, it's, it's not just that it tells a more compelling story. Um, it's not just that it integrates parts of our history that have been intentionally erased. Um, but it's just, this is, this is what we love about comics and sci-fi and all that other stuff, right? Is is it gives us an opportunity to tell stories in different mediums um, that that teach us about ourselves and about our history, and and so these are opportunities. These stories are opportunities to do that. No. All great, all great spec. No, yes, I agree. I, I know Joe will will remember uh, the the you know the. Uh, the you know the Neil Adams uh, kind of you know the uh, Green Lantern and Green Arrow. Oh, I mean, Neil and Adams, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. yeah. Our traveling heroes. Yeah. So, so I mean, they're they're the medium has so much potential to to really serve as a mirror to who we are, um, and then I feel uh, it, for economic reasons, it's choosing to do something different. Well, those stories that you just referenced, uh, uh, Jack, the uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Um, every issue was about, uh, you know, that's when they coined the word relevance for comic books back in the early seventies, but they were good stories and they were, they were also trying to, to tell, you know, tell, uh, points that were, that would not be told previously in, in comics. And, um, so they, they got, um, those were very, very, uh, different for the time. And I think, as you say, people back off now because, 
there are, you know, there are people sitting in boardrooms and looking at, you know, spreadsheets and bottom lines and whatnot. And um, they're afraid that, uh, you know, they're just going to piss off too many people and they're going to drop them. But that's uh, why comic books, I think, can do this more, more, uh, more than uh, other other media, and um, and it's why uh, you, I think you see more of this in comics than you see it on TV and movies. Yeah, I'm just hoping. No, yeah. I mean, you're right, and we talked about it with Shang Chi too, right? Yeah. Which was that the reason Shang Chi was one of the reasons stated that Shang Chi would be half white um was because there were there were cities and states that weren't selling Luke Cage at the time. Exactly. Um so it's it's you know we need so you're right, you know, you don't that's something they're always going to talk about and sometimes you just got to be willing to take the risk, but but I think you're right in terms of comic books being being more capable of of taking that risk and I I'd, I'd like to see them I'd like to see them make that move. Uh and and some already have. I don't want to downplay the ones the artists that that you know that have that are, you know, doing that ahead of their time, but um I'd like to see it be more the norm than the exception. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um well, uh before before you got a chance to jump on Chris, I just want to give uh Jack was Joe and I and Jack were talking and I just want to give Jack an opportunity. He's like Jack really enjoys the sports episodes. I think he said you you like them the best. Is that correct, Jack? I have, I have. Yeah. What? Um, That's crazy yeah. to me. <laughs> no, no, no. This is you know uh, what I was telling uh, Joe and James is um, you know one of the great parts of of being in the store is uh, again you could walk in and it wasn't just comic books, it wasn't just television or movies. We would have these really great sports discussions. You know where where teams are going. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. certain plans. Um, and it was just, you know, I always just find them so gripping, both of you. Uh, and James, you as well, I told you, I love your Clemson breakdown and, and your MMA, <laughs> uh, um, you know, uh, insights. Um, it, it just really makes me feel engaged uh, to, to, to really what's going on. And, and um, you know, and Joe pointed out about you, Chris, I mean, hockey often overlooked. Um, so so uh, I just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. That I really, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It's been really, really lovely to uh, to talk with you after, gosh, after 15, 16, 20 years, something like that. Um, so this is this has been really, really nice. But but that's really that's really lovely to hear because Joe and I and James we we talk about the sports episode a lot episodes a lot and um and it's funny because sports I was I was kind of into I was you know I'd watch football in my time at Mint but I really only got into hockey later so we're sort of always sort of tweaking the approaches to our, our sports episodes. So that's, that's really, that's really nice to hear. Thank you. No, it's very much appreciated, Jack. And the Saints destroyed the Jets say 30 to nine. So I mean, <laughs> what else is new? Okay. Yeah, no, I'm really the one the, I'm looking forward to our next sports episode. when I can say, Hey, the Islanders, the Islanders finally got their first win in their, their new home stadium. They did it at the expense of the Devils. So, so <laughs> unless you're a Rangers fan, there's not a lot to be happy in New York about right now, but that's, that's a conversation for another time. Uh, we got a little sneak peek, a little sports tidbit for you guys today. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks to Jack. This is the yeah. We've this has been a uh, really interesting. We've been all over the map. I've really enjoyed. I've enjoyed this between Star Trek and and comics and a little bit of sports. It's not. It's been great. Uh, yeah, no, I knew. Well, I want to wrap up with this, Jack, and I hope you don't mind wrapping up. That you 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 said before you're recently introducing your your ten year old son to to movies you grew up with, and I, I thought it was very amusing. And maybe talk about like. You wanted to watch Back to the Future, and Back to the Future is an old movie yes. by your son's standards. <laughs> so I want to just talk about, like, how has it been to, like, introduce these classics to your son and having to get over the old movie status of them? Um, it, it's been eye-opening, you know. Uh, uh, 
I, I will say that to say the least. Um, but it is uh, definitely it's it's also fun watching them because then you can have a, a whole di- whole new discussion with someone who you know is not even aware that this thing existed. And so, uh, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, it was Back to the Future, the uh, original uh, you know Sam Raimi Sam Raimi Spider Man run. Uh, that was a whole other one that was just like, eh, you know, it wasn't because there was no MCU at the time. And, and so uh, it's it's fun. Uh, I think he's really trying to uh, broaden his own understanding. And one of the things, you know, one of his many other things that, that he wants to do is he wants to be a filmmaker. Uh, he really uh-huh. likes to do stop motion um, movies. He's pretty good at it, actually. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we try to tell him is you should watch different kinds of movies so you can learn different kinds of storytelling. Um, you know, if you just watch... Star Wars, Mandalorian, you know, Disney Plus, Marvel shows or MCU movies, it's going to really limit your ability to understand the full range of human emotion or how to represent that. And so That's a really great approach to take. Absolutely. Yeah, That's a great approach Jack. to take. I got I got I have a suggestion for you. Please talk about other genres. Sit him down in front of you can pick either one, either the 69 version or the 2010 version, True Grit. Oh, I love two oh. great movies. Oh my gosh. Um, amazing. Introduce, I, I, introduce those movies to your, to your, to your, your, your boy. He yes, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a great idea. Thank you, Joe. I, I appreciate that. Now, is there, is there a movie that you love, Jack, that you will be disappointed if you show it to Grayson and he does not like it? Or has that already happened? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> you know, great question. Uh, I, I, I think there is some, you know, I, I don't think I could, um, you know, uh, what, what, what did uh, George McFly say? It's just like, I don't think I could, you know, take that kind of rejection. I don't know, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so uh, I, I'll probably just kind of keep those close or I'll just never express that I actually like the movie. I'll say, oh, this is on. Let's see what happens. Um, the, the one I am thinking about introducing, I mean, it, 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 Ghostbusters, um, you know, uh, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, so, so, um, but, and so the funny thing is, to, to your point though, interestingly enough, so he's really into Star Wars. I was not into Star Wars growing up, but I was really into Star Trek. He has not taken to Star Trek at all. Uh, we we have tried watching the shows. We have tried watching the movies. We've tried watching the new J.J. Abrams slick kind of Apple Store movies. Um, and <laughs> I like that. I, I do. Apple I like Store, I love that. Too. That's a, I'm, I'm, I'm lifting that from you, Jack. That's, that's good. <laughs> oh, I, I too. That is great, Jack. That's, that's um, great. So, I mean, to, to, to answer your question, James, I think for me that that's that's the equivalent. And and, and so, um, again, I reiterate, I, I don't think I could take that kind of ejection. So. Yes, and future Grayson, if you haven't been listening to this episode, we are not trying to uh, set Jack up here to say anything that he's going to be disappointed or sad. We were just curious. That's yeah, all. No. <laughs> it's not going to be like the Simpsons episode with Krusty the Crown's son, uh, with Krusty the Crown's dad, like, I have no son. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Jack, this has been awesome. I, I really loved having you. We, we went all over the place as we, we knew we would, as I knew we would, and it's, it's been great. Um, I, I want to I thank you for taking the time to be on the show. There's a big time difference with, with us where you are, so I appreciate you staying up late to, to yes. do this episode. Yeah, no, seriously, because we've been, Jack, you're one of the, one of the couple of names that really since day one we've been, we've been talking about being excited about having on here. So thank you. Thank you so much for, for carving out the time and, and for just being as gracious as you've always been. Thank you, Jack. This is thank, thank you all. First, I'd like to say thank you for just 
doing this uh, again uh, like I said when I when I started you know first time long time uh, I listen every week uh, I learn so much from from listening to you uh, all talk and and uh, again uh, what I expressed to James and I wanted to express to 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 uh, Joe and Chris as well is you have truly found a way to capture mint condition in 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 an audio form and that's that's extraordinary so um, you know keep doing it uh, keep doing the sports shows um, I would love to come back at some point uh, and and I will always be a, a fan. So thank you. No, that's great. Well, yeah, thank you, Jay. And I, we have already teased it, but you will be back soon. Yes. We're going to, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to do these, we're going to do the science fiction episode that we, we sort of launched a little bit into today, but we got a lot more ammo for that show. So that'll be the tease for a future Jack episode. Um, but thank you again, Jack, for being here. Pleasure. We look forward to your next time on. Um, as always, Chris, thank you for being here today. Uh, this was my great joy. Thank you. And Joe, thank you for being here today. My great pleasure. Thanks again, Jack. Thank you, guys. All the and uh, all, the, all the listeners, thank you for listening to this episode this week. Um, as always, if you would if you'd like to support the show a little bit more, we'd, uh, we'd appreciate um if you could take the time to rate and review us on however you listen to this podcast, it, it goes a long way to uh, not just supporting the show, but also opening up the show to other listeners to build the Mint community. If you want to interact with any of us, and Jack is on there regularly, the uh, the Mint Condition um, Facebook group page, you can you can just hop on there and uh, interact and comment and post. Uh, I, we are on Instagram at Secret Origins MC. And uh, we appreciate uh, having you and we will talk to you soon.